0: very good morning to one and all. Welcome to the Sunday service of Free Community Church. Uh, First, a very advanced happy 56th birthday to Singapore. I hope everybody has been enjoying this long weekend and had a good rest. So as we come together to worship God together at this time, let us join our hearts with a call to worship. Come in, come in and sit down. You are a part of the family.
1: We are are lost and and we we are found and we are are a part part of the the family. family.
0: We know, God, that we who have gathered here are a part of the family. But we also know that the family is much bigger still.
2: There are are people
0: people we don't don't understand. understand.
3: There There are people people we disagree
0: with. There There are people people we don't don't like. like. There There are people who who don't like us. us. Challenge us, God to expand our vision of family.
1: Until we We see see all all of creation creation as as one one big big
0: family. family. Amen. Amen. So as uh, the government has just reviewed the Phase 2 HA regulations, etc., FCC is also looking forward to slowly opening up. So please do uh, keep a lookout for any new announcements of what's going to happen in the near future. But at this time, we would like to invite the worship team to come up and lead us in a time of worshipping together.
4: Good morning, Church. How are you doing? With the many changes in Singapore and around the world, uh, the good and the bad. Uh, as a church, we are really uh, concerned. You know uh, how all of you are doing. If you ever need help, please reach out. All right, we are. We really do care. This morning. I would like to just invite you to ground yourself. Feel the ground, the solid ground beneath your feet. Take some time to feel it. And also take some time to focus on your breath. Because God is here, wherever you are, whatever situation you are in, God is here. When you are ready, join us in this time of worship.
5: You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasures that I seek. You are my all in all Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lot to give I'll be a fool. You were my all in all You are my strength. You are my strength when I am weak You are the treasure that I seek You are my all in all Seeking you as a precious Jew Lord, you give up, I'll be a fool You are my all in all My sin, my cross, my shame, rising up, I bless your name. You are my all in all. When I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you fill my cup. You are my all in all. Troubles take heart, for God has overcome. Oh, no, who a wall, and his troubles take heart, God has overcome. On a wall, and his troubles take heart, God has overcome. On a wall, and his troubles take heart, God has overcome. Hard of war and his troubles take heart, God has overcome. God. of war and his troubles take heart, God has overcome. Hard a war and his troubles take heart, God has overcome. God our justice, God our grace. God, our freedom. Take heart, God has overcome. God, God, our refuge. God, our strength. God is with us. Take heart, God has overcome. God, our justice. God, our grace. Has overcome. God our refuge. God our strength. God is with us. Take heart, if God has overcome. Take heart, for God has overcome. Take. Overcome, we, overcome. Big we, we can, can overcome heart we can overcome Take heart we can oh. overcome that are shaken and stirred can be calm and broken for my regard. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. Through it all, through it all, it is well. Through it all, through it all, Are on you, it is well with me. Forbid for me to not believe,
3: even when when my eyes can see.
5: Mountain that's in front of me, Gladys will be thrown into the midst of the sea. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. Through it all, through it all, it is well. Through it all. are on you it is well it is well let go my soul and trust in you the ways that we still know your name let go my soul and trust The ways that we still know your name. So let go, my soul, and trust in you. The ways that we still know. So... Well, with my soul
0: Let us join our hearts now in the time of prayer. God, indeed may it be as the songs we sang just now, that no matter what our situation is, whether good or bad, if we have our eyes set on you, we may indeed say that it is well with our soul. God, in these two years of the COVID-19 pandemic, many countries all over in the world are suffering, be it in terms of the unequal distribution of the vaccines, or be it because of the lack of facilities in the medical fields, of the poorer countries, or just generally a lack of correct information that people fear vaccination. We just continue to pray that the rich countries may indeed put aside vaccine politics, but really take this as a time for the world to come together, to support one another, and to give to people in need. And even in Singapore, we continue to pray for the frontline staff, for those stationed at our borders, welcoming back locals and foreigners alike, for those of our medical staff they are helping to fight this virus we continue to pray for the wisdom of the people in charge that we may actually get out of this situation in good shape but we pray that vaccination will not be another status that divides us like race or religion that all of us each and every one of us have our own story whether we choose to take or or do not take the vaccination. May we learn to listen and not judge. And in this time of need may we learn to ask for help if we need help. To know that asking for help is not an admission of weakness or admitting that you know we are loser in one capacity or another, but rather that we know that there are things sometimes beyond us, and you have provided us with people around us to help us. So God, for those of us who may be suffering, whether be it financially or economically, because of loss of jobs, or cut in salaries. Be it in terms of emotionally or psychologically because of this lack of face-to-face interaction with people. Or be it physically because we may be suffering from some illness. We continue to pray that in whatever little ways that we may extend a comforting hand to one another. We may choose to continue to do so. For we know that you are with us and you love us and we want to love you and love others as a response. God, we lift up all this in the most precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
3: Good morning, church. My name is Gary, and we are so glad that you're here with us online as we go into the Word today together. A big welcome if you are joining us for the first time, whether you are joining us here live right now this morning or watching us sometime in the week ahead. We're so glad you're here with us. If you're joining us this morning live, one big benefit is that we can collectively come together to contribute to this sermon using menti.com. So if you have a second device, or if you're on your computer at home, you can go to your browser and go to menti.com and enter today's code, which is three three nine one zero nine zero zero, and you'll be able to contribute anonymously to this sermon. And I think in a time when we are not yet able to come together to meet in person and fellowship together, this is such a valuable tool to be able to hear all our voices, so that we can learn together. And today, we're going to be wrapping up the series that is called Ecclesia, what it means to be the church, and today's final topic on Ecclesia and mission. I really pray that you have learned something in and through this series, and I'm excited to close the series together this morning. Would you join me in a quick word of prayer? Dear God, we thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you that we can come around your word this morning to hear the prompting of your spirit. We open up our hearts to you, God, and we just ask you to have your way in us this morning. Lead us and guide us as we enter the word together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, we'll be asking a few questions this morning, and I want to begin by us to reflect on two questions. And the first question that I would like us to come around is, when you think about this whole idea of mission in the context of church, how do you understand this? What comes to mind for you? So if you would, please start contributing your thoughts on menti.com. Mission for me in church has been embedded in my Christian experience growing up. I went to a mission school, I went to church with my parents, and there were many regular updates about mission trips to different countries. When I was a young adult, I was taught that my mission was to bring my friends to church so that they could hear the gospel and be saved. So that's my experience and my understanding of church and mission growing up. Let's see what you have contributed. Many of you talked about service the gospel, spreading the gospel, contributing, evangelism, freedom, bringing good to this world. And so, many ideas out there about understanding mission in the context of church. Many of us here today are a part of this church community, the Free Community Church. So the second question I would like to invite us to come around is, what do you understand is the mission of this church? What is the mission of FCC? So once again, please do start entering your perspectives here. You know, when we first started FCC 18 years ago, different people had very different understandings of what FCC's mission was supposed to be. For some, it was to be a church that would welcome gay people. And yet, for others, it was a safe space for people to reconcile their faith and their sexuality. But yet for others, it was to become a learning space for progressive Christianity and to advance and be a witness to churches around Singapore. So let's see what you have shared that you think is the mission of FCC. Some of you have said to be light and salt, to serve the community, to be a church for LGBT people and the marginalized, an inclusive and safe space for everyone, progressive Christian community, to speak up for those without voice, to live out the commandments of God, to love God and love others in a community that is safe and welcoming, to spread the gospel of love and inclusivity to those who are willing to listen. An open exploration for theology and spirituality that enables change and action. Bringing the light of Christ to spirit-directed groups. So so many, again, different understandings of church mission and FCC's mission. So my question is, is there one mission or many missions? And how does this mission that we are talking about here understanding of it, connect to the mission of the early church that we read about in the New Testament. I want to explore this today by taking us into the Bible and first talking about beauty. So you're probably thinking, you know, this guy is bonkers. I mean, we're supposed to be talking about church and mission today, and he wants to start by talking about beauty? Well, I just ask you to stay with me for a moment. Do you know that the Bible has actually a lot to say about the concept of beauty, even though we may not talk about it much from this pulpit? In fact, beauty is mentioned in Scripture over 1,000 times, 600 in in the Old Testament and about 400 in the New. And before those in the beauty industry get too excited, when it is mentioned in the Bible, it has very... Often, little to do with aesthetic physical beauty. What it actually is more about are descriptors of what it feels and what it looks like and what is beautiful. It's actually to do with something far grander, bigger, and objective rather than subjective of whether our opinion of something is beautiful or not. And so, in preparation for this sermon, I looked at the majority of references and boiled it down to these two slides. So this is beauty in the Old Testament. And you see these kind of descriptors here. Impressive, glorified, splendor, agreeable, wholeness, pleasant, goodness, perfection, glory. And so the overarching emphasis of the Old Testament about beauty is this idea of the concept of the splendor and majesty and wonder and glory of God. Beauty is not some subjective aestheticism. Beauty has something to say or something about, about something that is objective and in the world. And often when beauty is spoken about, it's directed to the wonder, the glory, the majesty and the splendor of God. But what about the New Testament? In the New Testament, a similar theme continues. And we see these words like agreeable, radiant, glory, honor, structure, sublime, appropriate, lovely, fine. These, the idea here is that these descriptors about, are about things as they should be. And so, when you think about the 1,000 words of beauty in Scripture, It's not about how we feel about looking at something. The concept of beauty is whether something is as it originally was created and designed to be, and whether it reflects the creator of it. If it is, then there is beauty in it because it represents something of the way God has always intended for it. And so beauty in scripture is a lot less to do with this idea of physical aestheticness, and so much more to do with the concept of goodness. The Bible would say that beauty points us to the goodness and the orderliness and the orderedness and the shalom and the peace of God. And right here, I would invite us to explore the biblical story beginning with the creation story with these new eyes. So many of us know that Genesis 1 and 2 is a story of creation, but it's also a story of beauty. We see right at the beginning of Genesis 1, before the world was formed, that there was this darkness, this formlessness, this void. The Hebrew word used here is tohu wa bohu, which literally translates as topsy-turvy. The world was in chaos. But you see here in verse 2, and I'm using the inclusive version of the Bible today. Thank you, Book Fairies, for offering one copy to me last Christmas. And here we see in verse 2 that the Holy Spirit is hovering over the void, hovering over this disorder, waiting to bring it into action. And then God speaks. And in that speech, the Holy Spirit moves out of chaos and comes, and out of chaos comes order. And God creates and forms and shapes. And at the end of the first day, God declares something over what God has made. God declares it, it is good. Now, when God says it is good, at the end of the day of creation, God is not making a moral ethical statement here. God is not saying that this is morally good. No, what God is saying here is that previously there was chaos, formlessness, darkness, void. But now there is light and land and water and animals and birds and trees and life. It is just as I had designed it to be. This is good. And the word good here is actually translated in Hebrew as beauty. This is God saying that this is beautiful. God is saying, this is the way I intended it to be. It was chaotic then, but now it is ordered. There wasn't life in it then, and now there is life and relationship in it. And so this is why at the end of the sixth day, the narrative says that God created the pinnacle of God's creation, humanity, you and me. And at the end of that day, God doesn't say that it's good. God declares that it is very good. So there's this extra emphasis of beauty in humanity. And you might ask yourself, why? And it is because all of us, every one of us, have been made in the divine image of God. We are imago Dei. You and I, and every person, bears the reflection, the likeness, the image of the divine. So what the Bible says in Genesis 1 and 2 is that not only has God created a beautiful world, God has created a very beautiful humanity. So if you're near someone, whether you're at home or, you know, you're here in the production team, please go tell them and look them in the eye and say, you are very beautiful. Now, if you're not near someone, would you please remind someone else in the YouTube chat window, you are all very, very beautiful. The creation story is fundamentally about God establishing the order that God intended between all of creation, whether it is humanity and God, humanity and themselves, humanity and one another, and humanity and creation. And God calls this ordering beautiful, good, whole, the way it was intended. Shalom. Then God tells humanity to go do something, and I'm going to read it first from the NRSV, which we are much more familiar with. And so I'm going to be reading from Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28. And it says, God blessed them. God blessed the first humans and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish and sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And so God says now to humanity, I want you to go now, be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth, have dominion. And I want to stop here and talk about two words that pop out for me. Subdue and dominion. In the way we understand this today in the English, modern English context, these words have a military connotation to mean control, to dominate. And so many times when we think about, you know, us having dominion over creation, we think of the word having domination over creation. But here the root word for subdue in Hebrew is kabash, which is better understood as to cultivate or work to bring something into order. And the phrase dominion or rada in Hebrew is better understood to have the responsibil- the responsibly, the responsibility, to manage or to steward something. So dominion means to be responsible, to manage or to steward. And this is radically different from our usual understanding of exploiting and dominating creation for our own gain. In translations like the Inclusive Bible, they've actually changed these words to more accurately already reflect the correct interpretation. And that's why I'm referring here to the more traditional NRSV. So God is saying, all of creation, I want humanity to multiply, fill the earth, and you have the responsibility to cultivate and manage it in the same pattern as you have seen me in creation. You have seen me take nothingness and chaos and bring it into order and beauty. And that is the way it was intended to be. Now go, humanity, look after that creation as my image bearers, as my representatives to work and care for creation, to work and care for the order of things the way that they were intended. So I want you to notice that right at the fabric of what it means for each one of us to be human is to recognize that we are divine representatives given the responsibility to be on mission to participate in taking things that are topsy-turvy, disordered, messy, and void, and bring it into a place of order and goodness and shalom and peace. And when we as humans participate in this work, we follow the same mission that God is on, to create beauty all around us, the way things are intended to be. But that is a real problem because we all read, past Genesis 2 into Genesis 3, and we start to see the story of humanity being this great task of working and cultivating the world into more and more beauty and goodness. And what does humanity do? Through their own choices, we take order and we move it back to chaos. We undo and reverse what God was doing in Genesis 1 and 2. Humanity takes over what was beautiful and right and good and shalom between God and humanity, between humanity and humanity, between humanity and creation, and takes it back into a place of disarray and chaos. In Christianity, we know, usually know of this as the fall. But the fall goes so much deeper than the idea that God cannot be with humanity now that Adam and Eve disobeyed God because they ate the fruit from the tree of good and evil. I want to invite you to see the fall with a new, even more important lens. From Adam and Eve losing their identity, disconnecting from themselves, losing their purpose, disconnecting their identity with God when they go into hiding from God and God calls out to them, where are you? And the falling apart between humankind and humankind when God asks Cain, Where is your brother? And the falling apart between humankind and creation. Instead of the stewards of creation, we were created to be as a charge was given in Genesis chapter 2, where humanity was put in creation to work it and take care of it. We see the beginning of toil and exploitation of the earth for individual gain to extract its resources. What started out in creation story in Genesis is really played out through the entire Bible narrative of God engaging with humanity to redeem, reorder, and restore beauty. God's original intent for creation, Shalom. And so can I invite us to see the entirety of scripture through this lens today? From Deuteronomy, where we see God giving the law to the Israelites to live differently, to love God and love neighbours with their whole hearts. To the raising up of prophets, reminding Israel to live differently from others, to be called out, to be set apart, to come together to live out God's mission. To Jesus' life and His mission to break in God's kingdom or kingdom, as exemplified right from the start of Jesus' ministry in Luke chapter 4, to bring good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, let the oppressed go free, and proclaim the year of God's favour. And even in Jesus' death and resurrection, where he shows us what living towards the kingdom of God, our shalom looks like, in the depth, width, height, and length of God's love, for humanity, To the call of the first disciples to go and make disciples or what it means, disciples just means committed followers of this mission of God to all nations beginning first in their community in Jerusalem and then into Judea, Samaria and then to everywhere and everyone until we get to Acts chapter 1 verse 8 where the promise of the Holy Spirit comes out on the early disciples so that they will be these witnesses across the earth. And finally, we get to Revelation, where the ultimate fulfillment of shalom, a new heaven, a new earth, and the restoration of all relationship with God, with one another, and with creation. You see, the Bible is not just God's story it also reveals God's why, God's purpose, God's mission, not just in Genesis, but the entire Bible narrative to create beauty, to restore shalom. And that is the same call for everyone to that same mission from Genesis through to Israel in the Old Testament, through to the lives of the first disciples following Christ, to the gathering of the first ecclesia or church in Acts. Ecclesia, as we have learned over the series, means the coming together of those who are called out in order to live this out. And so to be connected with God's mission is what it means to be the church. And everything the church does should be to fulfill that mission. One of my favorite verses of scripture puts it this way, from the message version I'm reading, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 to 23. And it says, At the center of this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. It's not somewhere else, a different planet. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which God speaks and acts, and by which God fills everything with God's presence. And so the mission of the church is to bring Jesus' mission to life. And the mission of Jesus has always been to bear witness to this core mission that all of humanity is on, being called out from the beginning of creation to participate with God, to witness, to be a foretaste, which means to model, and to be instruments of God's image bearers, as God's image bearers and as God's hands and feet, to restore beauty, to move towards shalom, to make things back to the original intent of the way things ought to be. So, what does this mean for you and for me today? Well, I'd like to share three things. The first thing I think it means as a church, what it means to be the church needs to change from a place that we go to to a fellowship of diverse relationships. Our mission is fundamentally about the restoration of relationships. Whether it's a relationship between us and ourselves, us and God, us and others, and us or us and creation. Because mission is fundamentally relational in nature, it is about individual participation in relationship with others. And this brings together this idea that the church is Christ's body, as we see in Ephesians chapter 1. In the letter to the church in Corinth, Paul lays this out using the analogy of the body. And here I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14 to 22. Indeed, the body does not consist of just one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would make it that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body was an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? Verse 18, But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. A body has different parts coming together. The body of Christ has different members coming together. Some parts don't look like other parts, don't work like other parts but all parts are important. And that's why diversity is such a critical part of being the body of Christ. Because we recognize that those who are least like us have the most to teach us and contribute, not in spite of being different, but because of it. Koinonia, as we had learned, or our participating in relationship with others, it's also where we have the opportunity to learn and relate to those who are not like us. We are all created with different personalities, we all have different experiences, and learning to cultivate these relationships, can you see this as being missional? So, let me ask you a question. What is one relationship for you that comes to mind where there is not yet shalom? Well, you can't say yet that this relationship is beautiful. It is the way that is intended. This could be within the church or outside of the church. It could be someone that you are partnering with in ministry or someone at home. Or maybe you might come to mind a once close friendship or even a colleague at work that you just feel this bitterness in your mouth every time you think about it. By being a steward and cultivating these relationships, can you see that you are actually being the church and you are actually being missional? And I will ask us all to consider the one thing that we need to do with these relationships that you have put up to restore it from disorder to greater beauty and greater goodness. What do we need to do here? For some of us, It could be taking the very big first step of forgiving the person for the hurt and the brokenness that they have caused, or even seeking help with that relationship. So that's number one. Let's move on to number two. What it means to be the church needs to now change from a common set of beliefs to a common way to live moving from a common set of beliefs to a common way to live. Missions has traditionally been associated with conversion from one set of beliefs to another, to get as many people into the club, so that once you die, as many people as possible will be assured of their place in heaven, and that Christ can come back. But here in Ephesians chapter 1, we see that the focus of the role of the church instead is to represent God speaking and acting, So here again, from the message it says, in which God speaks and acts. Now there is a lot of scholarship and a lot of people who have talked about how the church should speak and act. One of the um, fathers of contemporary missional church movement is Bishop Newbigin, And he says that in all ways that the church speaks and acts, it is to be a sign an instrument and the foretaste of the kingdom of God, the way things were intended to be. And At FCC, we have been working on understanding what does this look like for our community over the years. And we believe that God speaks and acts when we come together as the body of Christ to speak and act, which means that each one of us comes together to contribute and to participate in that speaking and that acting. And then you might say, but what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? And who am I to speak for God? And here, I'm going to draw a reference from our membership materials based on Henry Nguyen's work of from solitude to community to ministry to guide us. And if you remember, Nguyen proposes that first, that we begin in a place of solitude where we build and restore that relationship that we have with God and with ourselves, we need to know who we are in Christ. What does it mean to be Imago Dei? What it means to be God's beloved? So that we can then move on to the next stage, which is community, where we build and restore relationships with one another before we get to ministry, where we build and restore outward relationships by serving one another and the world. And essentially, discipleship, is this ongoing commitment to this cycle of going from solitude to community to ministry and back to solitude so I wonder for you where is god where do you sense that god is calling you in this season and i invite you to put you know whether is it solitude is it community or is it ministry but as you put this up there it's so important to remember that all of these elements three elements are interconnected to each other. We do not just build up our relationship with God and then we are done. We stop there. We are called to be poured out, to participate in community, to restore beauty in the world. I hope this encourages you that every stage of the journey is missional. Every stage prepares you for the next. And I hope that this encourages you that it is not about having a perfectly aligned set of beliefs that you agree with everyone around you, but we can all still work towards the same goal of restoring beauty around us. So we talked about two things so far. The first is what it means to be the church needs to change from a place that we go to to a community of diverse relationships. And what it means to be the church needs to change from a common set of beliefs to a common way to live. And finally, we move to my third and final point. What it means to be the church needs to change from routine to revelation. It needs to change from routine to revelation. At FCC, we have many ministries, and if you're involved in ministry, I just want to say a big thank you. Because you know and I know it feels much more like a marathon than a sprint. We go through our activities and meetings week in, week out and it does get weary. Some of us get to a point where we are just overwhelmed by the needs around us. And we get overwhelmed with the workload and others get overwhelmed that it seems like we are never moving somewhere and never arriving at a destination. It is so easy for us sometimes to miss the forest for the trees and focus on the activity and the routine of it without a revelation of the purpose or why we do it. And so the last part of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23 reminds us about our purpose as Ecclesia. Our purpose is by which God fills everything with God's presence. The role of the church is inherently missional. And that is our why. What we do together is always and must be connected with God's mission. Just like we were reminded in last week's sermon, it is so important to go back to the why of what we do. It's so important to go back to the why of what we do. I also want to encourage us, there are some things that we will do together as this church And there are some things that we will do as the church at large with others who may be coming from different backgrounds and even different belief systems. So here you see some of the things that we understand that this fellowship, FCC, is called to create. What are our core areas that we are aligned on actually building environments for? And I'm not going to read out everything on the slide here, but if you look at the top line here, this is actually from our membership materials. It is about healing, creating a space for healing, welcoming, learning, liberating, and thriving. And some of those things that we said that we are going to be doing as a church and our commitment as this church to create. But there are other areas that we be better brought to life with different individuals outside of, of FCC, different groups, different organizations, maybe even people from different faith backgrounds. So if you are frustrated that something that you feel here, that you're being called to in this season, isn't finding traction here at FCC, you're not feeling that you're getting support, don't give up. Because you are being missional when you take action and connect with others, whether they may be outside of church, in other groups, even in your workplace, or in government, or with people from other religions. And maybe to tackle things like systems of injustice, oppression, exploitation of creation isn't really what we are equipped here to do within FCC today. But know that in all things, God wants you to remember the why. Because God wants to fill everything with God's presence and restore beauty. And similarly, if you don't feel that today you're being called in this season to ministry, some of you didn't, put, the, you know, didn't um, put ministry as your core area that you're focusing on in this season, I want you to know that you're still being missional when you're building up that relationship that you have with God and knowing who you are in God. Or when you're healing a misunderstanding with a family member or with another friend that you have that's important in your life. God wants to fill everything with God's presence and restore beauty. If you remember back to what Pauline shared in her sermon about spiritual transformation, as we see differently and act differently, we are really bearing witness, not just to God restoring beauty in us, but through us for the glory of God for the abundance of our own lives, and for the sake of others. Being a transformed people is who we are designed to be. That transformation is our central mission and also our witness. And maybe God is awakening us to pay attention, to move from routine to revelation, to think about and be aware of what God wants to do something differently in our lives in this season. And so as you are thinking through and as we close our time together today, my final question is to ask you to share what is one thing that you feel God is prompting you today to see or do differently in this season to restore beauty. Maybe it is to see yourself differently Maybe it is to see God differently, or a difficult person or situation in your life differently. Maybe it is the way you show up at work, or even the work that you do. Maybe it is how you serve others in ministry, or to get involved in the ministry. Maybe it is the way you live your life, and steward your resources, and the resources of our planet. Today, as we close, I pray that this message is one that is in season for each and every one of us. I want to remind you that you are beautiful. You are not only made in God's image. You're not only God's beloved. You're also God's representative to restore beauty and shalom, the way things should be in your relationship with God, with yourself, with others, and with creation. And anytime you do that, you're living aligned to God's mission. Creating beauty and restoring shalom is God's mission and the mission of all of humanity. And as we close, will you make a commitment to this mission? Are you willing to be set apart, to be called out, to participate in community with others, To join in God's mission of creating beauty and restoring shalom. For some of us, making this commitment to the thing that we have written may be a struggle. Some of us may feel like we cannot in this season. We have to focus on our work, we need to make ends meet. Some of us may feel like we have nothing to offer, we don't have any gifts or talents and some of us are simply just tired and weary from the journey and I was thinking about this I want to encourage you with a passage of scripture that God was encouraging me with and I was reminded of and I'm going to close with these two passages of scripture the first one is from Haggai chapter 2 verse 4 and 5 and this was written in the time when the Israelites had returned from captivity in Babylon and they were tasked to rebuild the house of God. And so God raises the prophet Haggai to speak into the lives of the people because like so many of us, they too were discouraged. They were weary. They met a lot of opposition and they decided to abandon the work of building God's house. And Haggai chapter 2 verse 4 and 5 is a a promise to the people who were doing the work. And it says, Be strong, all you people, and now get to work, for I am with you. My spirit remains among you just as I promised, so do not be afraid. This same promise that was given to the Israelites is the same promise that I believe that God is speaking to you and to me today. The same spirit that was there hovering over the void at creation the same Spirit that stayed with the Israelites rebuilding the temple, the same Spirit that descended upon Jesus, the same Spirit that's poured out on the disciples is the same Spirit that is with you. God is with you. God is saying, you go and I will show. You commit to my mission and I will anoint you for the journey and I will be with you. You are not in this alone and you will never will be. So I wonder for how many of us, that is something that we need to hear from God. But that's not the only promise. The second promise comes from the next verses, from Haggai chapter 2, verse 6 and 9. And it says here, For this is what the Lord says, In a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and all of the treasures of the nations will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with Glory. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory. And in this place, I will bring peace. And God here is speaking to the people of Israel about rebuilding the temple, saying, Don't worry. Don't worry about the resources. Don't worry about how it's going to happen. Because when you commit to the journey, you will see me move. And you will see me bring the resources that you need to you so that you can bring my mission to pass. You are God's temple and you will glorify God and you will thrive and prosper and be blessed and have peace even as you bring peace. And so today, would you take a moment to join me in a time of reflection? Today, God says to you and to me, My beautiful beloved, will you join me in my mission to create beauty, to restore the things the way I had intended them? All I ask is for you to say yes to follow me, and I will anoint you, pour out my spirit on you, bless you, go before you, make a way for you, and bring you peace. That is my promise, my child. And all of God's people say, Amen. If that's you, would you join your hearts with me as the worship team leads us in this song of response.
5: So here I bow to lift you high, Jesus, be glorified in all things. For all my life, I am yours, forever yours. So He. I bow to lift you high Jesus, be glorified in all things For all my life I am yours, forever yours God, here and now, be lifted high, right here and now, be glorified. God of heaven and earth, God who brought me back to life, I am yours, forever God here and now be lifted high Right here and now be glorified God of heaven and of God who brought me back to life I am yours forever I am yours forever Yours I am yours forever
1: we come to a time of Holy Communion. We gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time, we are not all physically together. The table of God's feast transcends time and space, because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means that you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. Together, God of mercy and justice be with us. We lift lift our our hearts hearts to you. you. Not because because we we have have to, to, not not because because we are are supposed to, but because because it is how we respond to your unconditional love. Because Because it feels feels good to to know we are loved. As long as there have been people to tell them, our ancestors in faith have shared stories of your mercy, of Of how how you gave gave food food to to the the poor, poor, clothes clothes to the naked, and shelter to the the lost. lost. As long as it's in people to tell them, our ancestors in faith have shared stories of your justice, of, of how, how you gave freedom, freedom to the, the enslaved, opportunity, opportunity to the, the outcast, and peace to the war torn. You acted with both mercy and justice, rescuing the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, providing them with manna when they were hungry and your people acted with both mercy and justice, like the prophets prophets who cried out to to care care for for the widow, widow, orphan, and and foreigner, and those those who provided provided food, food, shelter, and and community. community. You have shared your mercy and justice with us, not only as gifts to be received from you, but as gifts that we are to share with the world. We see this gift most clearly in the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus showed us what a life of mercy and justice looked like. In In mercy, He gave gave food to to the hungry. hungry. With With justice, justice, He broke social custom and and shared tables with the powerful and lowly at once. In In mercy, He cared for the sick with justice, he broke religious custom and healed on the Sabbath. In mercy, he had compassion for the poor. With justice, he spoke out against the empire that helped them in poverty. In mercy, he washed his disciples' feet. With justice, he died without protest to expose a corrupt system. On the night, he was handed over to the unjust system that killed him he protested by sharing a meal with his friends. There, he took bread, gave thanks for God's mercy in providing it, shared God's mercy by giving it to his friends, then called them to remember the injustice of his broken body every time they ate bread. After they ate, he took the cup, gave thanks for God's mercy in providing it, shared God's mercy by giving it to his friends, then called them to remember the injustice of his spilled blood every time they drank wine. But that wasn't wasn't all. God's mercy and justice burst forth when Jesus died, and His resurrection gave hope to all those who hunger for mercy and thirst for justice. God will always equip those who seek to share mercy and justice. Even death cannot stop God's incredible grace. So, we ask God's Holy Spirit to be poured out on this meal, on this gift of mercy, bread and juice that we may remember Jesus' ministry of mercy and justice, that these gifts of mercy may become for us the body and blood of Christ, so that we may show mercy and do justice, not just for ourselves, but for the transformation of the world. Now, may I invite uh, stewards to come and distribute elements for those who are present. For those of you at home, I invite you to prepare things that represent the elements. Could be a biscuit, could be water, could be bread, could be grape juice. These are elements to represent Jesus' body and blood for us. Let us partake the elements with gratefulness. May I invite those who are present to stand as you are willing and able and join in the prayer of communion. Together, God, God, through through this meal, we pray pray that your your grace will empower us to do justice, to offer mercy, and and to do do so so with humility. You have given us your Son as an example example, and your Holy Spirit as advocate. advocate. Give us the the courage courage to to do your your work in the world. world. Amen. Thank you.
0: so uh thank you once again for joining us uh, for our FCC Sunday service so were you all fired up by Gary sermon just now to me it's always very amazing when I see someone speaking with such passion from the pulpit because I'm like chill chill don't have to be you know don't have to be so emotional or anything about it but indeed it is very very encouraging because a lot of times when we feel that uh, we are very tired and we want to give up uh, one of the quote that always uh, kind of en- encourages me is, is, is this quote attributed to Oscar Wilde that says, uh, all saints have a past and all sinners have a future. So I think we can make choices every day in our life, be it every day, every hour, every minute, every moment, that it doesn't matter what you have or have not done in the past, but that the choice that you make now, that you want to live for God, and you want to follow God's will is what will bring us through, I mean through all the situations that we are in. So if you found yourself uh, being encouraged by what Gary has shared, uh, do press the like button on our YouTube on the YouTube video, and please subscribe to our channel so that the algorithms can actually share this video to more people who might, who might be helped by, by, by what he has shared. So thank you once again, Gary uh, Now uh, we'd like to just uh, invite uh, those who are new to FCC who would like to find out more about us uh, and you'd like us to keep in touch with you, whether you have just joined us for the first time online or you have just been anonymously joining us online for the past few months or even the past year. If you'd like to uh, let us keep in touch with you, please uh, leave your details at welcome. And you can get to know us at the newcomers' meeting, which is on last Sunday of every month. So if you are interested, please email info at freecomchurch.org. Actually, a lot of our announcements is actually in the two-minute video that is before the service at 10.30. So I, I do realise that you know once you put out a video, people get used to it and people just skip, skip the video and just ignore it. But a lot of our basic information is there. So if you'd like to find out more and any basic information... The videos are there for you, so please uh, watch the video either before the service or wait till the end of service. There's also another two, two minute video sharing this basic information to all of us. Uh, today, we also like to update on the giving that uh, has is up to date till July end or July 2021. Uh, the board has the board and the leaders of this church has actually committed to giving an update every month so that uh, everybody knows uh, what is uh, our, so far, uh, our offering that we have collected. So I'm very, very happy to say that for the general fund, we are actually very, very up to date uh, at 58.7%. And for building fund, we are actually ahead, we are at 65% versus 58.3%. So uh, thank you to all those who have generously given to us. Our general fund is for the... uh, General upkeep of the church and the services and everything, including the st- the salary of our staff of the pastors and our staff, and the building fund is for paying off the mortgage and building up a building fund so that when there is a need, we have money as a backup and a support. So we like to continue to give thanks uh, for all those who have given and also. For all those who are willing to give, uh, the following slide will show you the ways that we can actually, uh, you can actually contribute and give to church. So for, you can give by scanning the two pay now codes. One is for general fund and one is for building fund. So by scanning the above QR codes, you can actually give to ch- church. You can also give by credit card at freecomchurch.give.asia. But that only goes to the general fund. And please note that there's an administrative fee associated by giving through credit card. So we encourage you to give us uh, via pay you now. So let us just uh, uh, give thanks for this. God, indeed, we give thanks to you for you have never given up on us. A lot of times we, chose to, we choose to walk away because we are tired or we feel let down by people around us. But you, God, you are always with us. God, may we continue to keep faith and to do justice and to do mercy, for you have called us to do so. And may we continue to walk humbly with you and to really just silence our busy minds, quieten down our hearts, to listen to the soft, still voice so that we may know your calling for us as individuals, as community, and as a church. God, we continue to seek your guidance and your wisdom in all that we do. And we and in all that we do, we lift up all things to you. In Jesus' most precious name, we pray. Amen. So now we are coming to the announcement segment of the service. Uh, the first announcement is uh, volunteers are still needed. I mean, even as the as Singapore continues to open up, uh, we do know that the online service will not be given up, and it is a very very uh, needed aspect of uh, FCC Church Sunday service. So if you are interested to help out in the production ministry, whether helping out in the sound, in the video, in the visual, in the producing of the entire online service, uh, drop us an email at info at uh, We'll bring you to a informational uh, walk around of what is involved behind the scenes. You do not need to have any technical skills. Uh, you can all learn on the job. So please uh join us in the production ministry if you are willing to help us. Next. So are you 30 years or younger? If you look at this meme, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they chose Star Wars as a what okay. Uh yeah, I, I I don't think I'm of that age to appreciate this. Meme at this moment. But are you 30 years or younger? If you are, do join the FCC Youth. They meet twice a month for Bible studies and socials. And they yeah they do do Bible studies. Yes, they do. So if you are interested, please do uh, email Elvin at FCC Youth Leader at Google Groups.com uh, and then he will actually give you more information about the group and what they do. Uh, there are actually Cell groups, one of the ways uh, for you to feel more connected with FCC is either through volunteering ministries or joining a cell group. So one of the cell groups in FCC is actually SEED, which stands for Settle Easily Engage Deeply. The SEED is now at Season 7, which starts 15th of August next Sunday at 12.30. So if you are interested to join SEED, it's a a time-limited cell group for you to find out more about FCC, what FCC stands for, and what you can do, uh, please send an email to info at freecomchurch.org, and then somebody will reach out to you about how to join SEED. There's also another cell group that actually is starting. So today, they are actually having their open house. It's called, this cell group is called Ficus Carica. So if you join this, if you like to join the open house, it's today at 1.30pm to 3.30pm. So you may contact... On Telegram at Lipspeak and at Lex Heyho. Or if not, you can also send an email to info at They also send you a link so that you can actually join this six month old cell group who is looking to welcome you. And they'll tell you what Ficus Curriculum means during this open house. So now, I'll let's invite Pastor Pauline to come out and give the benediction.
2: So, before we go into the benediction, just to clarify and add on to what um, Jamie was saying about the cell groups. Uh, SEED is a temporary uh, cell group, for. it's an introductory cell group, okay, a four-session one. Usually, we um, invite a lot of our newcomers to join SEED first before we actually put place them in a more consistent cell group, okay? So, that will give you an idea which one to kind of sign up for and which one that you might be interested in, okay? And so now, will you receive the benediction? God, you are a God of beauty. And in your eyes, we are all beautiful. Even though we may not feel it, even though there are times we do not see it, yet God, in your eyes, we are beautiful. And the world that you've created around us is beautiful. And you called us to this mission of restoring beauty the way that you have meant it to be, the beauty of our relationships, especially our relationship with you, with ourselves, with others, and with all of creation. And so, God, we say yes today to your call and to this mission that you draw us to. And so, now, as a people of God, may you go out united in this call to God's mission of beauty in this world, of shalom, of restoration. To of all things to how God has meant it to be. So now go, and may our God of beauty, of power, of shalom, go with you, wherever you may go. Amen. So thank you. And may you go out and have a blessed week and enjoy this long weekend.